Welcome to the Wildscast. Many of us are very concerned about the rise in anti-Semitism. One third of all hate crimes committed against New Yorkers right now are against Jews. Anti-Semitism is a real thing. I just sat on a panel at Ernst & Young. I did a little post about it and spoke about the left-wing anti-Semitism, the anti-Semitism coming from the left, that to me is just as much of a concern as the anti-Semitism coming from the right. And I'm also concerned and nervous about the communities, the African-American community and the Jewish community, and whether or not a rift is being created, and what are we doing to keep our relationship strong with our African-American brothers and sisters. There was a march, a rally outside the Barclay Center in Brooklyn by the Black Hebrew Israelite group. Who are these Black Hebrew Israelites that believe they are the real Jews? Is that different? Kanye West was saying that he's really a Jew. Like, what's the deal? And how is their anti-Semitism coming out of this? So in order to get answers and really become enlightened on what's happening, what's literally happening now, I have the opportunity, I just had the opportunity to interview uh, Dumisani Washington, who is a ordained minister. He's a pastor out in North Carolina. He wrote an incredible book called Zionism and the Black Church. And he's really an expert on different trends within the black African-American community. He started this Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel because he sees Israel and anti-Israel sentiment and anti-Semitism really one in the same. And we had a great conversation where we talked about the black Hebrew Israelite group. We spoke about um, anti-Semitism coming from different uh, directions and to understand it a little better and to understand, therefore, how we can combat it in the Jewish community. So here's my interview with Dumusani Washington. Take a listen. Hey, hey, welcome to uh, the Wildcast. I have with me Dumisani Washington, who's an extraordinary personality. And welcome, Dumisani. I really appreciate you coming on. Rabbi, thanks for having me on, sir. Honor and a pleasure. Uh, before we get into the issues, um, anti-Semitism, anti-Israel sentiment, all the stuff we're going to talk about, I want to give our audience a sense of who you are, um, what you do. Uh, you founded the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. Tell us what that's about. Tell us what you're about. And what inspired you to create this organization? Well, the organization was founded in 2013. Um, I founded it uh, shortly after my very first trip to Israel, which was in December 2012. I was a guest pastor as part of Christians United for Israel. I was not on staff at the time. I did serve later on, uh, but I was not on staff, had gone there. And Israel and Africa had always been passions of mine from the time I was young. Uh, so that part of the story had already begun. But there at the Western Wall, those two passions kind of converged, if you will. Uh, and I had a deep sense of of uh, doing the work that we're doing now. I had a, a real strong sense. Uh, as I talk about in my book, Zionism and the Black Church, uh, I can only describe it as something that a very deeply moving spiritual experience for me. And I, I and there was this uh, need to strengthen the ties between the Black and Jewish community and between Africa and Israel. They were always combined. They were never separate issues. Um, and so I returned to the States. Uh, by the summer of 2013, I had started the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And a few months later, the next year, I uh, published the first edition of my book, Zionism in the Black Church. 
Wow. And, and what does the organization do? I mean, what are, what, what's, what, are, what are your main goals that you're trying to accomplish through the work of Black Solidarity with Israel? Well, part of that story, uh, Rabbi, that I just shared has to do with not just obviously my personal journey, mm-hmm. but one that I call a spiritual legacy. There is a deep bond between the Black and Jewish community in the United States that goes back over a century. Um, and then often, uh, I, uh, we often talk about in our organization that the beginning of the Africa-Israel relationship was when the Queen of Sheba visited King Solomon in Jerusalem 3,000 years ago. Uh, that was the first Africa-Israel summit, as we say. Uh, <laughs> we don't believe that those things are happenstance. We don't think that those things are coincidence, right? It's prophe- prophesied about David in Psalm 68, verse 31, and, and princes shall come out of Mitzrayim. Uh, Kush shall stretch your hands to God. Right? We don't believe those things are there for no reason whatsoever. Uh, and they've agreed. They've had, agreed, by the way. Yeah. So and th- that's part of our thing. So and we're not, although obviously I'm a pastor, as you a rabbi, and so, but our organization is not religious, but obviously there is a scriptural underpinning to what we do, meaning that we recognize legacy. So we talk about legacy. We're talking about a black Jewish synergy in the States now that has changed the course of this nation several times and the world, right? Before Dr. King was even born and he and Joshua Heschel connected and during the civil rights movement, as Dr. King said that the Jewish people were overrepresented as an ethnic group within the Negro struggle for justice, as he called it. Before he was even born, there was Julius Rosenwald of Booker T. Washington, right? Mm -hmm. Millions of uh, black uh, and former slaves and second generation who had really no access to education. They were free, quote unquote, but really had no uh, opportunities except for those that they forged for economic uplift or education. And what does Booker T. Washington do and Julius Rosenwald, as you know, that synergy winds up building over 5,000 schools throughout the segregated South and other areas. Rosenwald schools, some of which still stand today, right? It changed the course of the, of the nation, not just of the Black community, but what was going to happen with millions of uneducated uh, former slaves who did not have the opportunity to really begin to claim their spot in, as Americans, what was going to happen? Mm-hmm. God, God mm-hmm. only knows, right? Uh, but again, there was this synergy that was there. And again, we don't believe we believe that our communities continue to find each other for some very, very deep and profound reasons. And so that's much of what we do. Ours is a strengthening of that, but not just obviously in terms of religious circles, geopolitically talking about why Israel as the only democracy in the Middle East and the greatest friend to Africa there. There's been struggles, there's been difficulties there, absolutely. Uh, but when you're talking about from the time of Golda Meir, the first foreign minister, whom Julius Nairi of Tanzania called the mother of Africa, right? With all mm-hmm. of the things that Israel would do now for decades throughout the region and around the world. I was just reading articles today about how Save a Child's Heart has just now operated, I believe, on four kids from South Sudan, right? Oh, They've yeah, been doing that for beautiful, the last I've been, to, I've been to that organization. They're incredible. It's funny. I've been to Israel multiple times. I haven't gone yet. We'll be there again in June. So, hey, Seven, oh, Save a Child's Heart, if you're listening, we're going, we're coming to you. It's gonna, yeah, it'll lift your spirits. It's incredible. But, you know, you, you, um, uh, Dumisani, you, you, you spoke so eloquently about the relationship that Jews have had with blacks in America. Um, I think there's a, there's a natural affinity. We have similar stories, enslavement and the like. And I, um, I've been a huge fan of Dr. King. I've studied his sermons and he worked off the whole Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the whole Exodus from Egypt narrative in the Bible in framing the civil rights movement. And, you know, Jews are so proud of the part we played. You know, I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but 
there, there was a significant part, not just Heschel, like you were mentioning, but, and that's an incredible part of our history. Um, so obviously when there's anti-Semitism rears its ugly head and we're living in those times now, unfortunately, okay. you know, can you give us a little insight why there would be, it seems like the anti-Semitism that's coming, let's say from the African-American black community seems to be coming from this black Hebrew Israelite group. Okay. And maybe you can tell us who these people are, why they believe they are the real Jews. I know there was this huge rally and march outside of Barclay Center in Brooklyn recently. Maybe you can help me and our listeners understand, you know, who they are, what is your opinion of them, and what we could do to to deal with them. Because, you know, the Jersey City attack, um, I think, was born out of that group as well. There seems to be something very dangerous to this group. Uh, if you could tell us a little about them. There's a very radical element to that. And so let me back up here. So yeah. the, the entire idea of Black Hebrew Israelites or African Israelites, is sometimes there's different names, right? Um, before there was what we're seeing now as this, it's a fringe, but it's radical. And it's unfortunately, as you just noted, Rabbi Violent, what happened, the Monsei stabbing there during Hanukkah yeah. a few years ago, followed by the Jersey City shooting and other things that have happened here, right? Um, what you've had here, I was just sharing this with on another uh, interview, that there has been a contingent of Black Americans who have had an affinity and gone towards Judaism and the Jewish, the Jewish faith and the Jewish people since Reconstruction. You're, you're talking about now in the 1800s after the Civil War, right? Mm -hmm. the, the majority of the community was always Christian, right? For lots of different reasons. We can kind of unpack that a little bit, which was the underpinning for our faith in our cohesion as a people, right? The Negro spirituals, mm -hmm. go down Moses, you know, gossip at the battle of Jericho. There's always this connection, not just in terms of the Bible, but particularly in the Old Testament, right? Particularly the Jewish Bible, right? Many of those songs were set in that time. So the reason I'm mentioning that because there's always been this deep affinity, right? Harriet Tubman was called Moses, right? We talked about this, like you just said, right, by all these parallels, our slave enslavement for centuries in this country, followed by another century of Jim Crow segregation. So these songs that we sang, and you even mentioned Dr. King using that those allusions to, to Moses. We know hours before he was killed, one of the last thing he does, he talks about out of the last section of the Torah portion, right? I've been to the mountaintop. I've looked over. Yeah, I've seen the promised yeah. land. Okay. So that was nothing new. It was newer for a lot of other people who were watching it on television, right? But for Black people in churches, we heard those things all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Our pastors mm -hmm. were always making those connections from the prophets and from the children of Israel to us as a people. Right. This whole supersessionism was never a part of that thing. Somehow mm -hmm. we are the real Jews and, and people who are of lighter skin are fake Jews. This was not part of the of the equation. This is something that came much later on. And let me also give in terms of history. There was a group and there is still is a group that goes back again to the earlier part of the, 19th, the 20th century of they called them, some of them were called covenant keepers, uh, mm -hmm. some of them called Sabbath keepers that have been people who've had their own version of Judaism. Some of them would go on to convert to Orthodox Judaism. This has been going on for a very, very long time. So the Black Hebrew Israelites of that older tradi tradition, they have their headquarters in Chicago, Rabbi Capers Fune. He's actually the, over the Israelite board of rabbis, right? And it's a thriving community that goes across the country, right? They are not in any way affiliated with this other group that you're talking mm -hmm. about who preach this hatred for Israel, hatred for Jews, 
or uh, uh, claiming that Ashkenazi and Sephardi Jews are fake. Any of those types of these are completely separate things. The sad part is that those names similar. It's almost like somebody taking your name and starting this whole fringe cult group. And then they're going to immediately associate it with you because it's your name and you have to spend time in each interview explaining, no, that is not what this is. So it is dangerous, unfortunately. It has come about, in my opinion, and now I'm using me personally, I have been observing that this group, this the more radical that you're talking about now, mm-hmm. since the 90s, I became first aware of the whole Black Hebrews, I think everything from the group that's in Demona, Israel, that you may know of, to the group that I just explained that's based in Chicago, to this other group, which I unpack all of this in my book, Zionism in the Black Church, that mm-hmm. either stand on the street corners and yelling at people and calling people Amalek or 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 um, Adam, all those right? These type, using the King James Version Bible, trying to explain to other Jewish people that they don't know what they're talking about. When in reality, that it's them that it's actually confused, right? So this has been brewing for a while. You're saying from the nineties. You're saying from the nineties. From the nineties is when I began the first. I became mm-hmm. first aware of the groups. Uh, when I began doing some studying, probably mid to later 90s, the internet was still a newer thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it is. There was no social media, as you know, there's no YouTube, Facebook, social, uh, Twitter, none of those types of things. And I remember saying to my wife, I was in my 20s at that time. I'm, I'm 55 now, 56, mm-hmm. now, 55 now. Um, and I remember saying to her, because there were some things that were appealing to it, because these were black people talking about Israel, talking about Judaism from a black perspective, but the radical element was always something that kind of turned me off. It's like, okay, but I can understand. And I learned about the Igbo, West Africa, the Limba, Beta Israel, these things that they're just kind of, I grew up as a Christian. I had never even considered. So so the original roots of this were in the Christian, let's say Baptist church, and then I they just kind of radicalized it a little in the 90s. Is that what no, you're Rabbi? Uh, so the 90s part of it for me is just when I became aware. It goes way back before then, right? I, I became oh. aware of this group and some of them that were preaching some of the hate again, again, not on so there was no social media in the 90s. That's when I so I so my arc was finding out about Black Hebrew Israelites. I found about about the group that's in Demona who their leader was, when they came there in the 60s, some of the controversy around that and everything like that. And I started to see that. It was later on, I began to understand that there's a synagogue in Chicago that's actually this group led by Rabbi Rabbi Capers Funay that does a lot of work throughout the Jewish community. They don't preach this hate. They don't preach that they are the real Jews and Jews that are not black or fake Jews, that type of thing. I saw these separations. Uh And then later on, the very radical one, that I began. These are almost in stages as I was learning about them, right? Uh-huh. I began to learn. About, I used okay. to see them. I used to see them always on, like these. Uh, I don't know, obscure cable stations. Yes. And there'd be a guy reading from the Bible. Yes. Bad translation, and then someone else yes. just sort of egging them on. Yeah, come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then sometimes you see him on the street doing that, but, but um, that's and, still and, the and thing Con- now. That's still going yes, on. Yes, and, Kanye, and Kanye West, who also mm-hmm. said he's he's a, a, you know he claims he's also Jewish. Yes, is sir. that because he also subscribes to their view? I mean, is he a black Hebrew Israelite? To our knowledge, and I mean, I was in terms of our organization, what we've observed with Kanye, no, uh, I, I don't think so. He, he, for 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 the last at least couple of years, has been very vocal about his Christian heritage, right? One of his last mm-hmm. albums was Jesus is Lord or Jesus is King, mm-hmm. I believe it is. And so that that has been his purview. I believe he was maybe raised Christian, maybe a Christian home. I don't know a lot about the background in that sense. But to our knowledge, he's never associated with the Black Hebrew Israelites of any group. As a matter of fact, 
the rabbi that I told you about who's over the Israelite Board of Rabbis issued, he was just did an article in the forward, right? And he basically mm -hmm. denounced what Kanye and people like that are saying, even to explain how it's actually uh, really negatively impacting their actually community, right? Because of the things that he's saying and people are thinking that he's either a part of this group or that group, mm -hmm. to our knowledge, he's not a part of any group. Now, here's the thing, Rabbi, that you're alluding to probably. This mentality, however, that has become more of a cultural thing, whereas meaning the black people of America, particularly those who descended from the African transatlantic slave trade, are mm -hmm. the, quote, real Jews. That has been something that has been pervasive in certain segments of society for a while. So Kanye could have said it based on any number of things. I know personally, mm -hmm. like I said, since the late 90s, I've seen it and heard it and it's all just kind of grow in society. And and what's the basis? And can you walk us through um, whether sure. it's Kanye West's belief or it's the Black Hebrew Israelite group's belief? Why why do they believe they're Jews? Well, so you have now now specifically this radical group, like you're talking about, the ones who preach this, or unfortunately even the the violence things that we've seen. Their doctrine, if I can bottom line it, is that mm -hmm. not only are they the real Jews by virtue of the transatlantic slave trade. One of their favorite texts is Deuteronomy chapter 28. And when you get to those last few verses, God says through Moses that you're going to be taken as slaves and ships back to Egypt. That that whole mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. section that's there, they point to that as well as a few other verses say, based on this, we are the people uh, taking on slave ships as if there was no other slave ships that ever existed in mankind mm -hmm. until the transatlantic slave trade. So they'll point to those verses the last couple of verses of Deuteronomy and say, this is the main evidence that suggests that the people from the transatlantic slave trade are Jews and the only Jews that exist. These people, regardless of their tribe that they came mm -hmm. from in West Africa, anything that that's where that mentality comes from. And it kind of builds from there. So it, it's a biblical, it's because um, I'm looking it up. I pulled out a chumash okay, yes, here. So yes, you're sir. saying from the end, uh, Mark, you got to call uh, him Mark. Uh, Mark, you yes, by your first name. Right, right, we're, right. We're both, we're both we're both men of the cloth here, you know. Yes. By the way, thank you so much. This is really sure. enlightening and helpful because sure. there's a lot of I'm ignorant of this, and I imagine a lot most Jewish people don't really understand because, and I yes, think sir. it's important yes, for us to understand. So you're saying, well, it's at the end of um, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, which speaks yes, about you'll be left few in number instead of having been like the stars of heaven, you'll have not been hearkened to the voice of Hashem your God. It will be that just as God rejoiced over you to benefit you and multiply you, so will God cause them to rejoice over you, to make you perish and to destroy you, and you will be torn from upon the ground to which you come to possess it. God will scatter you amongst all the peoples from the end of the earth to the end of the earth. So they believe that these verses are referring to specifically black people as they were brought over on boats to be sold as slaves here in America. Yes, especially that last verse, verse 68, when it talks about slaves and ships, that very, very last verse, yeah. particularly that one. But no, you're right. It answers your oh, question. No, so I'm not up to that, actually. Yet. That was yes, 64. Okay, 65 yes, says, among those nations, you will not be tranquil. There'll be no rest for the sole of your foot. Uh, 66, your life will hang in the balance. You'll be frightened. 67, in the morning, you will say, who can give back last night? And then 68, God will return you to Egypt in ships. Yes, Okay, yes. this is on the way of which I said to you, you shall never again see it. Wait, so they take from 
God will return you to Egypt in ships. But how does yes. that have to do? They're coming from. What they'll do, they'll say Egypt is a metaphor because, of course, Israel and Egypt are landlocked, right? I mean, you don't have to go in the water to Egypt. They'll say be, Egypt is a metaphor. Therefore, he is describing slave ships and they take go from there right to the 16th century transatlantic slave trade or 15th, uh, 17th century, 16, 19 transatlantic slave trade. They say, therefore, this refers to Black Americans. Mm -hmm. only black Americans and anyone else who does not come from that legacy are frauds, are fake Jews, so on and so forth. That is the kind of the linchpin of their doctrine. And that's their main source. And yes, sir. even though it's, even though, I mean, it's referring, I guess, in the future, yes, sir. that God will return you to Egypt and ships. You will never again see it. And you will, yes, you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as slaves. Yes, sir. But there will yes, be sir. no buyer. Well, what does that mean? I mean, there was a buyer, unfortunately. Right. Exactly. So again, it, it, for an answer to your question, Rabbi, there's all there's these different translate or definitions that they'll use. None of it based in the Hebrew, right? So we we've done studies on these passages, it, but it doesn't even make sense in the English, right? So I'm saying it's it's very mysterious, right? Uh, but it, what it is is that, so. Let me say this for everyone who's listening. So I have in my studies. And, and I know there's many people in the Jewish community who know this already. There's a debate about it. The Igbo or one of the tribes that were taken in right. West Africa, they believe, and I do as well, just from studying the materials, that they are actually they, literally from the tribe of Gad. They talk about the Assyrian right. invasion, right. how they wound up there. So here's the thing, Rabbi. If that is true, and I'm a person, and whoever's listening to it doesn't believe it, I'm not foisting it upon you. It's something I've believed for years. And I, mm -hmm. I talked to Igbo elders and everything like that, both in Nigeria and in the diaspora, right? And some who live in Israel, right? So I, I believe that's the case. And if that's the case, many there's a percentage of Igbo that were taken in the slave trade. So in that sense, if that's true, then there were slaves on the ships who are actually from the tribe of Israel, from, from the descendants of Jacob. Having said that, that which, is by not, the way, which uh, yes, just sir. to say, uh, Dusamini, uh, yes, that's entirely possible. That's yes, entirely yes, possible. Exactly. My friend Rudy, my friend Rudy Rockman. I'm sure, I don't know if you know Rudy, yes, but uh, he's he's done a lot of work with um, the Igbo tribe and yes, uh, other groups in Nigeria who yes, um, he believes, and some other Jewish people believe, could actually be Jewish. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I, um, I. I share that sentiment. The, one of the main leaders and the elders of the community's name is Remy Alona. And if anybody wants to Google him, Remy Alona. Mm -hmm. He's one of the leaders of the Evo community. He's actually a professor now at uh, Riverside in California. He moved to the mm -hmm. United States several years ago. Uh, a, and a very, very amazing man. Very, very well. Several books on the subject and everything. And it goes back centuries, the actual Evo connection, the Biafra region. The, it, it's so much information that's actually there. So what we're doing right now, Rabbi, you and I are engaging in an intellectual and biblical conversation about the possible legitimacy of some of those transatlantic slave trade of uh, 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 um stolen cattle, if you will, of chattel slavery, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, were actually mm -hmm. Israelite. That, however, unfortunately, as we're talking about now, to go from there to only black people are Jews, of course, then becomes the <laughs> radical, right? Exactly, right? right, it's, right. it's like no, saying- No, but this is helpful. You're illuminating right. it for me. Well, I, I, it's, yeah. it's like saying just because there are Jews- Persian Jews still in Iran. Somehow, everybody in Iran is Jewish. You know I mean, there are Jews yeah. who returned to Israel from Kaifeng, China. Therefore, everyone in China is, is Jewish. Right. That, that, that's the ludicrousness of it. But when you mix that with a certain amount of black nationalism, 
When yeah. you mix that with a certain yeah. amount of grievance politics over the last several decades, when you put yeah. all of these things together, then what happens is that those people who are actually spewing these things, they're able to tap into and dissatisfaction and saying the reason why for high crime in this area, the reason why this, the reason why is because you are the real Israelites. Those are the imposters. And now we see kind of where we are today. Wow. 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 And and I I really appreciate, you know, I guess what's what's happening is this radical view is conflated, as you said, with black nationalism, grievance politics. How influenced is your typical African-American by by this ideology? I mean, and, and, and do you have any idea how large these groups are, the black Israelites? Um, I really. And, and, yeah. I'm sorry. But I'm more interested in hearing yeah. how influential this idea is. Right now, Rabbi, when we're talking about this radical part, we don't know what, and I'm saying that is because there hasn't been real a study survey that type of thing. I can, what I could do personally is tell you my purview over the last 30 years. I can tell you that it has grown from what I saw it in the 90s till now, but what that growth is relative to, I couldn't tell you. So mm -hmm. here's what we've noticed across the country. Now here's where the benefit of me as serving with Kufi and now obviously with Ipsy, I get to travel the country talking to black pastors, leaders from different parts, right? And and gets a feel. So it is seeming seems to be growing, particularly around young black men, right? Who are formerly Christian, right? Or they were either parts of churches and they were told, and here's the other thing, Rabbi, let me, let me, let me let me take a little pause here and unpack this for a minute. Part of what is happening where black Christians are concerned for these young black men, many of them, some of them were being pulled in. It has more to do, and I've told pastors this as well, more to do with their lack of biblical foundation than it does with the slick messaging and marketing of the thing. Those things kind of converge. In other words, much of what has happened over the decades, and this has been fascinating for me to, to notice, that as preaching in the church has become more and more, and I'm generally speaking, I'm not speaking to everybody, more and more superficial, uh, mm -hmm. more and more uh, what I would call more like a, a, a positive messaging and not really delving into scripture. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that, for my Jewish friends, I want you to understand, there's deep theology in the sermons, in, in the older sermons. There was deep theology when it comes, Christian theology, when it came to the, to the Negro spirituals. Deep theology is something like lift every voice and sing. If you've ever studied those stanzas, especially the last one, there's allusions to Jeremiah 51. I mean, I mean there's a lot of faith in God based in mm -hmm. scripture where these black leaders are concerned. Well, much like it's happened in the pop culture that we live in now, there's less of that, right? And more of, hey, do your thing. It's all about you, that, you know, which is cool, <laughs> right? But that's not really yeah, well, delving into the text. Right. That's a general uh, It's a trend. general thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just the black community. It's a general trend. So what Correct. happens is We that, have it in our community too. Right. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, so I mean, that, I'm that guilty of that. Created. We all are. We have to, you know, we're all trying to popularize the message. Yes. You know, right. So I, and, and we as men of the cloth, right. We always want to make it relevant, right. And we always, Rabbi, we have to have to kind of balance making it relevant to at the same time being true to the text, right. Yeah, being true right. to the actual, what my Jewish friends call the Peshat, right. What was the actual <laughs> meaning here? How do we actually do this? That way we still at least stay true to what we believe, right. And so what you're doing now, for, for example, so for these young black men who are on social media, which has like been the main fuel of this, or you're walking down the street and you see these guys dressed in what I call bad holiday costumes. I mean, they have their things on, they have their, and they're yeah. preaching. But here's the problem, Rabbi. They're reading Joel, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Habakkuk. They're, they're reading prophets that by and large in the Christian church today, 
those books don't even exist, right? We 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 pastors, we read Malachi to tell people to pay their tithes. Other than that, we don't have any use for Malachi, right? And this is what's going on. So they're reading these scriptures. First of all, he's reading something I didn't even know was in my Bible, right? Secondly, now he's misinterpreting it, but he already has his foot in the door because he showed me where it says, and he's showing me things like Egypt and Ethiopia. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, he said the, from the four corners of the earth, and he's naming these African and Middle Eastern lands. It's right there in the scriptures, right? I'm going, wow. I never even seen this before, right? So now I'm bringing this back to a pastor who may or may not know these things. If he can't give me a legit answer, that's another reason why I'm going over to here to this thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. answer to your broader question, it is growing. We don't know the numbers. I'm sure at some point, if if, if our organization was had enough resources, because you know doing surveys costs a lot of money to actually commission those things and have those things actually done, we could kind of see what I can tell you, Rabbi, and all the listeners is this. The number one comment that I get from black pastors now, right? When it comes to this radical group, they are not fans. They are not fans for certain different reasons. Number one, oftentimes these, these young people, right, are not only yelling at white people on the street corners and yelling at the quote unquote fake Jews, they're very disrespectful to pastors. They, these groups will go to churches on Sunday in the parking lot, passing out flyers, telling people your pastor's a liar, right? That's not really the way to win friends and influence people, right? So at that point, many black pastors that I've talked to across the country, that's how they've been introduced to these groups, right? Not in a, let's sit down and have a dialogue, but these guys calling me liar, that, that type of thing, right? Instead of having a real conversation, a legit conversation about the text and about scripture, prophecy, it's more of a, let's attack the pastors and everything. And so, Rabbi, it is growing, but we don't know the actual numbers. Wow. Well, thank you for illuminating this. I sure. I, I assume that the, the work you're doing with... Um, your Institute for Black Solidarity, I mean, with Israel, I mean, you're working more with trying to, to um, highlight the genuine um, connection that blacks and Jews have and should have, and Israel and Africa have and should have, um, as opposed to shutting these, this group down, I assume, you know, like what, what should we be doing? You know, if, if you're saying they are influencing because you're saying like they're not influencing people in an intellectual kind of way, but because things are getting dumbed down, mm -hmm. you know, they are having some sort of influence on your typical African-American. Because yes. here's my, make, my major concern is that anti-Semitism is on the rise. Right. You know, we want to talk. We want to speak out against it. And I know you speak out against it. And we, we in the Jewish community greatly appreciate that. But we don't want people on the street, you know, um, attributing ill will to us because there's some vague idea that we took something that belonged to them. And, yes, sir. Yes, sir. you know, yes, sir. and, and here's the other thing, you know, I wanted to talk to you also before we get done here, sure. what I'm most concerned about in anti-Semitism. Yes, um, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this a little more. I know you're going to be coming back in person, which I'm excited about, yes, sir. you know, is, is that the right wing anti-Semitism mm -hmm. is very much fought with vigor by Jewish groups and non-Jews alike. Absolutely. White supremacy, um, you know, this kind of thing, you know, yes, if you hear it. But the left-wing anti-Semitism right. espoused by, like, the Hadid sisters, Roger Waters, yes, you know, Pink Floyd. Yes, sir. You know, it gets a pass. Yes, sir. It gets yes, a pass, I think, because, you know, it's... Um, it's criticizing Israel primarily. That's their platform. They don't say anything yes, about Jews. Yes, sir. They talk yes, sir. about Israel. And Israel, you can, you know, it's a country, so you can critique its 
policies. But when they start calling it a Nazi regime, right. you know, an apartheid regime, right. I mean, to right. me, that's anti-Semitism. Do you agree right. with that, that that is anti-Semitism or it's just, a, you know, they're, they're critiquing Israel with, for their treatment of the Palestinians? Hatred and, and undue criticism of Israel is hatred and undue criticism of the Jews. It's been proven over and over and over again. And for anybody who's doubting, if you've been listening up to this point, I want you to bear in mind that some of that radical fringe that we talked about, the black Israelites, they are now talking more and more disparagingly about Israel. Why? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. There you go. Right. Because those things are part and parcel. Right. They're posting stuff about the, Pal- the Palestinian people, the apartheid state. Right. How do they go from we're the real Jews? These are fake Jews to now Israel's doing this to the Palestinians the same way that Black Lives Matter ostensibly fought on behalf of people like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then automatically it, it, with the whole Ferguson protest. Ferguson to Palestine. What? Are you kidding me? How do we get from, why are you even saying Ferguson to Palestine? What does what happened to Mike Brown or Ahmaud Arbery or or any of the other unfortunate things that have happened when it comes to police brutality or criminal justice? Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with Israel? Nothing unless there's a nefarious actor who's attempting to sow discord and drive wedges. So yes, because the left type of, or or the uh, progressive wing, whatever you want to call it, that type of anti-Semitism often gets a pass. Rabbi, believe it or not, that's another reason why we are here now. One of the articles that we wrote in our organization, uh, we have a substack called Africa Israel Weekly, right? Mm -hmm. And it was probably one of the most controversial articles that we wrote because for the very first time, and we don't do this, we we, we had to do it this time, we had to actually take a a pro-Israel or Jewish organization to pass, which was the ADL, right? We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't want to, we tried to avoid it, but the problem was this, Kyrie Irving, those of you who watched this already, who know about already, he shares the link to a video on Hebrew to Negroes. Yes, it's anti-Semitic, it's Holocaust denying, it's about as bad as it gets, right? And so, and it's, it's unfactual, it's not scholarly, the, the whole thing, we can talk about that for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. But Kyrie shares the, uh, the video, we don't really know about Kyrie, and unlike a, a, a like a Kanye who's been very very vocal about his anti-Semitism, right? We don't we can't ascribe. We don't really know about Kanye, uh, Kyrie. Our organization was concerned, however, with how it was handled. What you had was the ADL and the NBA coming together to highlight. Obviously, what happened was bad, right? We we didn't have any problem with that. You need to actually discuss it. But when it became, we begin. We we feel. And a, a, a very heavy-handed approach, but in an inappropriate way, was that the NBA and the ADL are completely fine with Black Lives Matter. They'll put it on their on the logo of their basketball court. And for those who are thinking that there's some some man who's talking bad about Black Lives Matter, <laughs> we have all the receipts. Black Lives Matter has been an anti-Israel organization since almost its inception. I just got through telling you they were formed in 2013. By the time Mike Brown is shot in 2014. Mm-hmm. And they begin to protest on the ground. They immediately bring in Ferguson. And then they go to, uh, it was actually it was Nazareth, but they call it Palestine. And they did a solidarity event. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. At that point, any mm-hmm. black person concerned about real justice should have been offended. Why in the world, regardless to your stand on Israel, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, how is that relevant to what we're talking about here in Chicago or LA or New Orleans? Baltimore, no, you wasn't. It. It, it wasn't. They just co-opted. Right. And, co-opted, and that and was it, the and, wedge and, being and, driven. And, and, and by the way, it put a lot of Jews. It put me in a terrible position yes. because I wanted to march for Black Lives Matter. 
I believed in it in its very, you know, initial stages. And then when I, I'm not going to march in a, in a, how can a Jew, a guy with a kippah, whether you're a rabbi, it doesn't matter, march alongside when, when they're calling your, your government, your state, the Jewish state in apartheid state, you can't do that. And, right. and it lost a lot of credibility in the Jewish community. Unfortunately, not in all segments of the Jewish community, yes. as you rightly point out. Yes. Because, yes. Um, uh, you know, like every community we have, in my opinion, not everybody is um, guided by the same values. Um, and Rabbi, and what we do when that happens in the Jewish community, we don't speak on it. We let our Jewish friends do that. Just like in our community, right. we speak, right. we feel that that's our responsibility. That's why it was we reluctantly wrote that article because it beca- about Kyrie because it had become so publicized right and, and by the way and, and and by the way this is dangerous i think this is bad i don't want to use the word dangerous but it's unhealthy for the relationship between black americans and jewish americans because it's 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 you know in the in in the days of dr king it was a pure fight for civil rights and every jew needed to get behind that for every possible good reason but Today now it's too it's so complicated. Now you have to like choose between your love for Israel and your love for your fellow African American. It's and it's not a fair right. Yeah, which I, which was I, intentional, Rabbi. So that one of the things that we said, and and back to your point about the whole left wing part of it, those are the things like whether it's a Black Lives Matter, whether it's a critical race theory, which sounds good on the surface, but you keep digging underneath that, and oftentimes some of this curriculum that's happening in colleges is anti Jewish anti-Israel, right? These yeah, kids of course are, it's tell, anti-Jewish, yeah. Right, so we're telling people all the time, if you think that what Kanye is saying is bad, do you understand that critical ethnic studies is teaching kids for credit that Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinians, that Israel yeah. is an apartheid state? They're learning these things in school, right? So they're being indoctrinated in ways that most people do not, do not understand, right? And this puts the Jewish community even more at risk when it comes to the United States. Of course, and, and I want you to know, I want this everyone who's listening to this to know that Israel invites, and I believe in an open, uh, you know, in the ability of any person to be able to express their point of view against any government in the world. And Israel is not perfect. You know, it, she, she doesn't make all the right decisions all the time, like any other country, but to call her to make those kind of radical statements. So I, I just want to, how, how do we get people to see behind this ruse that like, what do you mean? Look what they're doing to the Palestinians. Therefore, they are. Now, there is stuff happening with the Palestinians. I'm very keenly aware of it. And it's complicated and it's difficult. And Israel's in a very difficult position and she's constantly trying to negotiate. I'm not saying she's doing it perfectly. It's a complicated democracy. You know, look, you see what's going on over there with the elections. But but how can we get people? Because I, I will tell you, I'm going to share something else with you. You'll appreciate this as a pastor. So Rabbi Soloveitchik, who was sort of intellectually um, oh, one of the great leaders, thought you know thinkers of the 20th century that greatly influenced my thinking, and most of my teachers were his students. And he wrote, and you'll find this interesting, that this is a general trend in history um, for centuries, not to attack the Jew frontally, but through their institutions. Hanukkah is coming up. The Greeks were smart enough not to attack the Jew, um, uh, let's say, just um, directly. What they attacked was what, what, what represented the Jew back then was the temple. It was the temple. Today, Rabbi Soloveitchik wrote this. He said this probably in the 50s or 60s. It's Israel. And you can get away with a lot more 
if you critique Israel than if you critique a Jew. Right. Um, right. And right. Um, right. and I think that's important for us, you know, to be aware of because, and, and Jewish people feel, well, you, you know, they touch the third rail, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We can't go there. Right. You know, right. there's legitimate critique. What can we do? Right. 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 Okay, right. this legitimate yeah. critique. What does it right. have to do with calling on an apartheid Nazi government? Like, right. so right. I don't know. How would yeah. you? I, and I, I don't. I don't even know if I have a question here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting well, a little exercised. No, no, no. I, I get it. So, <laughs> so, how would you expose that? How would you help I, people see that there is no difference? What the, the the reason why we chose the name Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel because Institute it it, it means education. Our first step is always education. And because our efforts are centered, uh, primarily focused on the black community beyond, but primarily focused on the black community, we're talking about African history. I mean, uh, African-American history. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're talking about a sense of of self-understanding, our arc, our story, which I tell is one of the greatest stories in the world from slavery to Jim Crow and still achieve Black Wall Street, Harlem Renaissance, you name it, right? We, the lowest caste in this nation, but not only survive, thrive, right? So how did that happen? Our faith in God and our commitment to family, right? The same thing, our Jewish brothers and sisters, the same, Mm -hmm. the same formula, right? Uh, The 60s, that kind of got a little, that's another discussion politically, right? So our, in answer to your question, Rabbi, whether we're discussing the reality of the Jewish state of Israel, its relationship with its neighbors, its relationship with the Palestinian leaders that are in Gaza and the West Bank, or whether we're talking about the Africa-Israel relationship, whether we're talking about the Black-Jewish synergy, we teach authentic history and we then from there explain what's happening. One of the our, our, our main focuses here is what it's called our peace initiative, all right? And it's an acronym for plan for education, advocacy, and community engagement. We have recruited amazing black men and women across the country who are engaged in a nine month journey, right? They started in in September. Each month we come together and we unpack different topics that deal with Israel, Israel, Africa, the United Nations, you name it. We are headed to South Africa in a few days. You guys can follow us on hashtag IBSI peace, right? We're Mm going to be there unpacking the Israel apartheid lie, talking to rabbis, talking to parliament members. We're going to be there immersing ourselves in Johannesburg. We're going to Durban. We're going to, uh, of course, the Cape when we go to the parliament. And why are they doing all that? So that they can see the black Jewish synergy, Israel-Africa relationship up close. We'll return. We'll continue our studies, and then we head to the Holy Land. What we say? We say mm-hmm. it's December, the motherland; June, the Holy Land. Right. So in June, we go to Israel, and we go to all these wonderful places, including Save a Child's Heart. We see the tech sector. We see again the Black Jewish synergy there in the Holy Land. Right. They will be the hub of Black Jewish synergy in their communities. Those are what we call Ipsy ambassadors. This is our pilot program. We're just starting it right now. My wife is at her desk over there right now doing all the playing stuff and all the other stuff because we're excited because as bad as things are right now, Rabbi, I learned this from my Jewish friend, Citra Aqua, right? You have the one side that's really, really, really bad, but there's another side that's actually exploding, right? Even with the Black Hebrew Israelite thing, here's the that's, negative. That's, by the way, Citra Aqua, you, know, you, you might have... Those of you listening, that's a deep Kabbalistic term for like the dark side. But anyway, that, yeah, I, I get some of these things hanging out with my Jewish friends, right? I get, I get, I get to peep <laughs> some things. I get some knowledge. Right, you, 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 you're picking up on some of the heavy stuff there. That's uh, great. Well, it, it's amazing to me because it blows my mind. Because what it does is it strengthens my spirituality as well. These are very, very deep truths. And yes, we know that life shows you that no matter how bad something is. On the other side of that thing is something that's actually good. Something actually comes out of that. So, for example. Back to the negative part of that Black Hebrew Israelite thing, 
The other part of that is that there are Black Americans who are seeing that and they're wanting to do things like learn more about the Jewish faith. I know some who've converted to Judaism, they, some who remain Christians, but want to delve deeper into this whole Jewish foundation of it. It has caused them to ask questions that they never would have asked before and actually affirm their love for Israel. The Jewish people wanted to expand their knowledge base. All this. So these are some of the good things. The sad part is that it's coming in the midst of these bad things. Yeah, that but you know what? On. But the, you said yeah. it beautifully, Pastor, which yeah. is that you know, out of something negative can come something positive. And yes, if we can somehow strengthen the bonds between our peoples because of the anti-Semitism that's now rearing its ugly head, wherever it's coming from, right, yes, the right, the left, it doesn't matter. Yes, and we yes, can make our relationship stronger. Yes, sir. I mean, we, well, we should be doing it anyway, you know, even if there right. wasn't this, but. It's a reminder. My, my wife, uh, she, she was honored at the um, Simon Wiesenthal Center there in oh, the Midwest in Chicago. Wow. She, she received the Woman of Valor Awards. Give me a chance to brag on wow. my wife. She received just a couple weeks ago. Wow. Shout out to Allison out there and all. They, they just really I, uh, I sing time. I sing that song to my wife every Friday night, uh, The Woman of Valor. There you go. See that? Uh, yeah, right. Proverbs 31. But, so she, she, the reason I brought her up is because she told a funny story. All the ladies were there. was a lunch and they were all cracking up laughing, right? She was saying, what's going on right now, because there have been these deep bonds between the black and Jewish community. But sometimes when you're not really maintaining like a garden, it starts to kind of yeah. fall away, right? She was saying, she used the word, she wasn't spandex, something else, right? She said, it's, it's a very woman thing, right? It's like you have like on a spandex thing and then when you take it off, it gets really interesting real fast. And everybody starts laughing. <laughs> I got, it, I got the, it. Well, yeah, one lady's looked at me, yeah. I said, that's my wife. She's gonna, she's gonna be that's right. Great. So what's that's happening great. is that the Kanye stuff, the, all that, what it has done is exposed maybe some things that have been kind of left there to themselves, right? But like Dr. King said, men and women of goodwill are willing then to do the work. And that's what we're seeing in the midst of the negative. I know of pastors and rabbis across the country who are strengthening their relationship with each other, having sometimes even more difficult conversations, but having those conversations, affirming those types of things for our Ipsy ambassadors. Remember, we started in September with this, this first group, right? The Kanye stuff jumped off in October, right? So our group, we're messaging on our, on our little a thing, a device, and they're going, whoa. So we are coming into this burgeoning thing at a time right, when, right. boom, and we're like going, yes, here's the thing. And I wanted everybody who's listening to be encouraged by this. And I tell this to the young black people all the time. You know, you have something valuable when there's always nefarious actors trying to steal, like a mugger, right? T.D. Jakes, one of the famous preachers used to say, when a mugger sits there in the alley, he doesn't look for a per per poor person. He wants to jump on somebody who looks he's like got, he has something, right? right. He's got the goods, he's got the goods. The relationship between the blacks and the Jewish community has been good for the world. From Rosenwald in Washington, to Heschel and Dr. King, we've shown the world what civil rights is. We've shown the world what it is to actually honor your neighbor. So of course, there's gonna be nefarious actors who are going to try their best, not to mention Israel and Africa. They're one of the amazing things that's happening right now as the tech boom continues to just explode in Israel. There are young African tech workers that are working with Israeli companies that are actually helping working, doing, doing development and these types of things because Africa, the youngest continent, meaning it has the youngest demographic, I think of 30 and younger. I mean, and wow. it's exploding, right? So you have a potential. Have you ever seen the Black Panther movie? You're talking about Wakanda, baby. You're talking about an opportunity where all these resources in Africa and all this technological know-how that's going on in Israel, these people, both in Israel and in Africa, are coming together like never before. We see amazing things happening. So it makes sense that, you know, bad and not so nice people are trying to pull apart. 
Well, that's no, but that's I I appreciate you shining the light on that because that's going to not only be encouraging and we can end our discussion on a positive note, but that's going to also, you know, people need to know both blacks and Jews because I'm nervous. I'll be perfectly honest. I I experienced I'm from Queens originally, but the um, what happened between blacks and Jews in in um, in Crown Heights Mm -hmm. when it was in the 90s. Um, it was, it was just awful. And it was like a breakdown in our, the relationship, the very important relationship that our community needs to continue to have with each other. And I got nervous to be perfectly honest. I started getting nervous, um, when, when Kanye West and, you know, he's so influential and some of these other black leaders are making these comments. I'm like, dude, this is just, come on. This is just, we're, we're bigger and better and people need to know more than this. Exactly. You know, so yeah. we, we have to educate. It's all about education. We got to people need yes. to know what Israel does to try to mm-hmm. make peace with her Palestinian neighbors. It's she's not perfect. She's not right. doing, <laughs> you know, like I, on the other hand, you know, to call her an apartheid state. Unfortunately, people are ignorant and not enough Jews are knowledgeable to counter it. You know, and then I'm nervous about some of our more, I don't know, more to the left groups of our own that are going to give a pass to some of these. Yes. And then yes. we'll have a whole, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the right wing right. anti-Semitism from, you know, but right. then, then it's going to start right. somewhere else. And we, you know, so I really appreciate everything you're sharing and the work you're doing. And I hope, um, Dumisani, that when you come here, we can have a mixed audience that we can have your followers, our followers and people not yes, sir. Yes, sir. following either of us. To come and listen and yes, and, yes, and be more I, I look forward to it, Rabbi. And and to your point there, and to our Jewish brothers and sisters, we can only imagine not being Jewish myself. What you are seeing, how scary it is in the United States, right here, the freest country in the world, and you have anti-Semitism, as some scholars are saying, at levels of pre-Nazi or, or Nazi Germany. Right? This is this is just really not. Uh, it's it's unfathomable, right, for any of us of any age. Um, mm-hmm. And so we see that. In our organization. And the fact that it is our community oftentimes that is exploited. I say oftentimes here we are, Black Americans are 13% of the population, but what we say and do resonates around the world and it always has. People pay attention to what Black pastors and leaders say. And when I tell people all the time, it is a gift and a burden from God, right? Because because what we say matters so much, you would think we were 98% of the population, right? Because there's so much discussion around it, but that is what it is. Like our Jewish friends, you're 2%, 2.4% of the population, but most of the hate crimes come mm-hmm. at you, right? So you know what that burden part of it is. So here's our responsibility to stand with our Jewish yeah. brothers and sisters, to affirm our own legacy, right? To our, who, What God has done in our lives, how we, like I said, went from slavery through Jim Crow and are still here, right? Are still thriving are still yet battered and bruised a little bit right but again for our enemies and your enemies they wanted to wipe us out right they didn't want us to just be battered and bruised but here we are we believe this is an opportunity to write another chapter and but it does start with pushing back on this hatred and then teaching education actually teaching authentic history teaching what's really happening now we believe we're going to have a, an impact on it. yeah and and i think and i don't know what you and i can do about this in particular i'm a big believer in grassroots like it's not enough for us to be talking. Um, my my uh, my oldest son, when he was in high school, had the most incredible. He's a he's a basketball player and um, wanted to get better, so he joined a, mm-hmm. a gym in the South Bronx, and 
And for the first time in his life, he was the only mm. white kid <laughs> on the court. And I have to tell you that experience, he's 25 yeah. now is my oldest son. That experience, mm. um, because, you know, we, 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 we're, right. we're living right. in little bubbles. You know, I right. send my kids to Jewish day schools. They don't have a lot of interaction right. with right. African-American right. kids. They don't. So I actually just did a whole Shabbaton, like a whole weekend retreat with a couple, a number of my students. We went to the five towns, which is a very Jewish area. And we were having this conversation about how we could, like, I'm not saying I'm a big advocate of Jewish day schools. That's the only way we're going to, our kids are going to grow up educated about their heritage, their traditions, but they should have friends from other groups and other ethnicities or else we're just going to look at each other from a distance and and not be knowledgeable. So I don't know if there's anything that could be done to encourage more cooperation, more participation, more grassroots on the ground connectivity between Uh, our two amazing There is, Rabbi, and that is our determination. Um, The reason why we have Ipsy ambassadors from across the country as a pilot. Yes, sir. By the way, Ipsy, just in case everyone's, Ipsy is the Institute for Black Solidarity. Our website is ibsi.org. Same thing, (laughs) ibsi.org. You can find out more about us there. We recruited them from across the country as a pilot and as amazing as they are, they are just that. They are a pilot. Our goal is to raise up some 300 MC ambassadors in the next three to four years across the country, all across the country, and who will be facilitating these things, these discussions, rabbis and pastors, whether it's community work. One of our coalition partners is a black pastor, Pastor Corey Brooks in South Chicago, who's doing amazing work that's there. I met him through our Jewish friends there in the community, right? He speaks out against anti-Semitism, speaks out on behalf of Israel, and does amazing work right there in his community. And he's a prototype of our of our of our coalition, right? Where we're working with different pastors and leaders who are in favor of Israel, stand with the Jewish people, and at the same time are affecting real positive change in their community. So we believe that this has always been the case. This synergy has always been there. Once again, going back to King and I mean, Rosenwald in Washington, but that it has to be highlighted more, right? And encouraged a little bit more as well. So that's what our determination, Rabbi. So I think you're you're right on point that that needs to happen. And that's one of our things our organization is committed to doing and helping in any way that we can. Wow. Well, uh, amen. And I wish you Godspeed and just God should continue to bless your efforts, your beautiful family, everyone who's listening. uh, This is uh, Dumisani Washington, Ibsi, Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. He wrote a book called Zionism and the Black Church. Get the book, learn more. Our listeners, your listeners, and please, God, as we say in Hebrew, Bizrat Hashem, with the Almighty's help, we can do yeah. some great stuff together. And um, and really, as you said before, so beautifully, you know, from the mm-hmm. Sitra Achra, from mm-hmm. that dark side, that that mm-hmm. really dark mm-hmm. side, that some light um, and 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 positivity can come out of this. That maybe, you know, we should have done it earlier, but now we have the opportunity to strengthen the relationship and the cooperation mm-hmm. between our respective communities. Maybe this is a, a little of a kick well, in the pants to do that. That is our determination, Rabbi, to do just that. And again, if people want to know what they can do, again, we are a nonprofit. We, any donations you can give, we would very much appreciate it, everything. Uh, and again, shout out to all of our donors in the first place. We are only able to do what we're doing now because of you, but go to ibsi.org. You can find out more about us. If you, uh, you or your organization uh, want to do uh, anything to help us, please go there and get the information. And yeah, Rabbi, I'm looking forward to being there with you uh, next month in the studio. Awesome. So everyone who's listening to this, uh, Dumisani is going to be coming to MJE live. And we're really excited to have you. This is a 
more than a good. We're looking preview. forward to it, Rabbi. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I told I told your faithful producer there that as soon as I have the final details, I will confirm all of that and everything. But we will be there that during that week in in New York. Ah, yes, sir. Looking forward. Looking forward, my friend. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming Thanks on and for your time. It. This was awesome.